Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. My name is Jose Quintero, and before we start this week's episode, don't forget to hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at Echale Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, and today I'm very excited because this is a <laughs> brand new setup that we're doing here, and I'm with a really good friend, and I'm glad I'm trying this out with you because if I mess up, then this is totally, you know, okay. yeah, it, it's going to be okay, <laughs> right? So I have Mitzi Days with us because that's what your Instagram handle is. Right. ¿Cómo estás? Good, and you? Are you nervous? I am. She's I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not make it nervous because we're just going to have like a plática, una de esas pláticas que no hemos tenido en mucho tiempo because right. you and I used to have like these long conversations and I think that is what allowed us to become close. But we're going to go ahead and in this episode mm -hmm. talk about motherhood, talk about your journey to towards postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken, your daughter's also a premature baby? Yes. Yes. So we're going to get into that just because a lot of people have requested that we talk about this. A lot of women listen to this podcast. Gracias a todas las que nos escuchan. Este, so I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to bring you on to the podcast. But let's go ahead and take it back to our college days because that's when we met. ¿Qué es el primer recuerdo que tienes tú de mí? Well, the first thing that I remember would be graduation i think it was your graduation it was for latino grad you and already I, had graduated right yes i've already graduated but i i knew who you were because we hung out with the same friends and i remember at that um latino graduation you were the main speaker right or, i was i was so the keynote speaker i was like who is this guy <laughs> who does he think he is but when i heard you speak i was like oh okay this guy has a voice and he knows how to speak. Because if you tell me to go up there, I'd be like, se me olvida todo. But tell everybody, how many people were there? Thousands of people. It was for Latino graduation. Latino graduation graduation is pretty big. Yeah. So just, there's a lot just, of people. Sí, nomás para que la gente sepa. Porque <laughs> si nomás estamos hablando de 30, 40 personas. No, no, there is a lot of people, thousands of people there. And I remember I told you, I'm like, oh, I think you're going to make it to, you know, make it far and make it, you know, work in certain places. And you, you did. Uh, so I'm. I guess I, I'm always like so happy to see you succeed. Thank you. Thank you. You want to know something funny about that graduation? It was the first time that I was going to be speaking in front of that many people. And I specifically put myself there porque, porque uh, I've never done it. And it was never really done before where a student... Um, I was presenting a scholarship, so it was like a five-minute uh, presentation. So they had the keynote speaker, too. Y después, <laughs> yo me les colé y dije, oye, queremos regalar una scholarship on behalf of my fraternity to somebody there. Uh, can I do it? And because I was working with the president of Elves at the time, mm -hmm. um, he's like, yeah, go for it. So it wasn't even in the program, and I was, like, very pushy. You went for it, yeah. Yeah, I went for it porque dije, this is going to be my opportunity to um to show everybody que a lo mejor no me ha visto no me ha escuchado that even though i'm nervous i'm going to do it 
I wouldn't have known that you were nervous because it just seems so natural to you. Yeah. And that's why I was like, wow, like he knows how to speak. Like he knows how to be up in in front of everybody because how I said, I wouldn't be able to, but it's in you. Gracias, gracias. And then funny enough, like (laughs) as you were saying, you were one of the first people that said you're going to make it to Univision. You're Mm -hmm. going to be able to work there. And you were one of the first persons to see that struggle. Porque me acuerdo that I was applying to Univision. They kept denying me. I had already volunteered for two years. I was getting denied, rejected. I applied to the sales. I I think I I I applied as a janitor. Oh, really? (laughs) You're just like, I must get my foot in the door (laughs) and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm like, and if they let me in, I'll be like, hey, can I, me hago a mí? Yes, yeah. yeah, as but uh, obviously it wasn't my time. Everything happens for a reason. reason. And I think after two years, you and I and another friend, Edith, mm-hmm. we decided, well, I think it was you. <laughs> you were like, let's take a Euro trip. Yes, I've been I was wanting to do it. And I'm like, OK, I'm at a time. I was 25 and a lot of things were not going the way that I wanted to. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I just needed to kind of leave. And I don't want to say find myself but i was just like i needed to do something for myself mm. right so i was like let's let's do it and i guess we always kind of say hey i want to do x y and z but we never do it mm-hmm. but it, that was like such a big dream of mine and i felt like um i haven't reached a lot of the goals at that time that i'm like i know i could do this so i'm gonna do it i was gonna say what was troubling you at that time well at the time you know like i was turning 25 midlife crisis quarter life crisis you know (laughs) and i also felt i guess some type of way because i was supposed to be graduating with my master's degree Mm. and i didn't finish my master's because i felt that um social work was not for me yeah so stopping that and then noticing like people i should have been graduating and things were not going the right way work life in general i just kind of felt like if nothing's going right, let me at least make this trip a reality. Mm-hmm. And then that's when me and Edith were like, hey, let's do it. And we booked it without even telling anybody. Wow. And then what made you guys want to invite me? Because me and you <laughs> knew each other. Yeah. And I mean, I was closer with Edith. But then y'all decided to invite me. And I was going through a lot yeah. as well. Pero nadie sabía tampoco. No. And it's funny because at that time, well, I just thought it was like, okay, it's me and Edith. And I didn't even tell... Well, my now husband, my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. um, that I was going to take the trip. I just booked it with Edith. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, by the way, me and Edith are going to go to Europe. And then Edith's like, hey, I think I'm going to invite Jose. I'm like, how am I going to tell my boyfriend <laughs> that? We're inviting <laughs> my another friend man. That it's a guy that he has never met. But mm-hmm. at the end, it, you know, it, it worked out. And he, he was okay about it afterwards but I, you know at first he's like a guy is going and really? you don't want me I to go i didn't know that mm-hmm. shout out to ef college trip, by the way that's who we <laughs> booked with <laughs> we definitely had had a pleasant um uh, trip yeah. but i didn't know that so your husband was like hesitant like i guess it was just like you didn't invite me uh, but now some guy is going got you but i was like no trust me like I know Jose. It's not like, you know, we're, you know, we're friends yeah. for sure. Right. And he, you know, luckily he, he trusted me and that's what I really care and love about him is that we have that trust. He was a confident man mm-hmm. for all the non-confident <laughs> men out there. Cause son inseguros de si mismos. Like it's okay mm-hmm. if you want to travel with friends. And obviously I think it was, 
even though we we went with the college EF college program, yeah. it was people who were recently graduated, uh, for the most part, or mm-hmm. like just a couple of years. Um, I, I I don't know, like it never occurred to you or Edith, like, oh yeah, we're going to another country that we don't know as women. Yeah, and that's why we we went with the college tour, or else uh, we would have gone by ourselves. But we're like, we're gonna go to Paris. We don't speak French. Bonjour, yeah. And we don't, and we we're going to Italy. We don't speak Italian. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I felt it was a good part to still um, travel, but mm-hmm. travel safely with yeah. people that there's more people our age, and also we we have a tour guide that speaks the language. Let's go ahead and now talk about the the experience going. First of all, getting there was a whole experience. Oh. Do you remember? Because I, Yes. I I remember this was end of June, end of June, going towards July. July, Yeah. Yeah. I will always remember because it was like, all right, the 4th of July, I was, um, I don't know if I was working. Well, I think I, I mean, I took break and Mm -hmm. anything. I got to your parents' house. Yes. And that's where Asa, I like, I officially met your, your boyfriend or now husband at the time. Yeah. And he drove us to L.A. Yes. Yeah, and then we met Edith over we there. Met Edith and her family. And we were like, we're finally doing this. Yeah, it was. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, accomplishing a goal, a dream of mine of traveling here. Did you ever study abroad, by the way? No. Okay. And so that's neither, why neither did I. I was like, why didn't I do it? And of course, you know, finances, and I think that's like the biggest part. But it was. I had like jitters. I was so excited that I'm finally going to some place where I would read and you know, in books and. Yeah finally going it was it was amazing <laughs> we ended up uh traveling I, I did we do a layover in texas no we didn't no layover direct in north New, carolina north carolina and there was a blizzard and i remember or something or hurricane hurricane, hurricane or something like that, that yeah. and we were supposed to fly at a certain time but then i guess our flight was delayed how many hours 24 hours you're lying no, it wasn't 24 no? hours. I would have said, let's, sure. let's I feel like, like it leave. seemed like it, it was 24 hours. But we stayed in the airport and I know we, we had to sleep in the airport and that was hella annoying. It was really annoying. But then we ended up going to Heathrow. London was our first stop. New York. Oh, wait, we ended up we, going to New we York? We were supposed to go straight to New York, but oh. because the hurricane yeah. was passing, we weren't allowed to go in there and we were running out of gas. So they told us we have to do the stop oh. in North Carolina. Then we were supposed to go... It was just going to be a two-hour stop and then go to oh, New York. And, then and that's go. what happened. We, you know, it was worse than what they expected. Got you. But then from North Carolina, did we go to New, New York? New York and oh, New York did? to London. Mm-hmm. No manches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the New York. I did not forget that. We did three lay- <laughs> or two layovers, mm-hmm. but then Heathrow, yeah. And that was an 11-hour flight. And I think... I mean, for anybody who's Latino and probably just went to Mexico or mm-hmm. El Salvador, Costa Rica, even Argentina, like a five hour flight was a lot yeah. for me, even though I had already gone to New York and I was like, oh, OK, whatever. But then add in an, a nine hour or 11 hour. No sé. Something it, like that. Yeah. In between. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like. Oh my gosh. But those airplanes are beautiful. They fed us. Mm -hmm. I remember as soon as we got onto the airplane, uh, leaving to Heathrow, um, one of the Aeromosas, the flight attendants was like, hello, would you like some water? (laughs) And I was like, yes, whatever you said, yes. Yes. Talk to me. Keep on talking. And I'm like, I'm going to keep pressing the button. Like, cause this is so new to me. You hear different types of accents in America. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but in California, you hardly ever hear an English accent. Right. So I was like, ah, ¿qué te pareció Londres? I 
I liked it. And unfortunately, we didn't have that, m- that much time there because of the the layover and we missed the full day. But it made me want to go back to London. So mm-hmm. hopefully in the future, that's something I would want to do. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. But yeah. I feel like once we got into the trip, like Paris yeah. and, then, and then Italy, I yeah. think that's like the highlight of my the trip yeah we definitely were running low on sleep and um the first thing we wanted to see was buckingham palace yeah and the louvre i remember the louvre. i i mean paris, i had no uh-huh. idea oh that was in paris, paris. Mm-hmm. Duh. uh but uh we went to london bridge is falling down that place <laughs> and then the something the other tower no the other bridge uh, london bridge right well there's the tower of the the london Donde, donde pisamos? We failed history, but we went to I know, London. but <laughs> donde pisamos, and it was like glass. Oh, that's the bridge. The, yeah, it's London blue. Bridge? Yeah, it's yeah, blue. Yeah, but it, it also it felt like... Yeah, it was beautiful, but it also felt like in L.A., just with castles. Right. <laughs> that that was also interesting. Y después ahí nos fuimos a Paris. Yes, mm-hmm. Paris. And I know you were really excited. Were you more excited about Paris or Rome? At the time, I was really excited about Paris, and that was just because of like the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre and just the amazing this and then fashion, of course, oh, with, with Paris. I really so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I remember crying when I saw the Eiffel Tower, uh-huh. and I think that was just like a big thing for me, where I'm like, wow, I was able to do this and mm-hmm. go for it, and I kind of felt like I was able to go for certain things after that. Like yeah. that really pumped me up. Yeah. I I that. really did enjoy Paris and even especially because we were there with for the Euro Cup. Yes. Yeah. So the Euro Cup where France I think ended up winning, if I'm not mistaken. One of those things. But oh, I remember Las Calles estaban llenas mm-hmm. and we were like, what do we do? Um and then obviously it wasn't what I was expecting in terms of like the subway system, like it smelled, mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa, but other than that, <laughs> other you, than that you enjoyed it. I enjoyed and it. And you got in trouble too, because we were late. We got in trouble. Yeah. Why? No, no me acuerdo. <laughs> yeah. We were going to the Louvre and um, we, we got there a little late and you know how our tour guide was very like, you guys have to be here on time. Yeah. And we were like five minutes late and yeah, he got a, you got a little upset, but oh, okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I still have the. Do you still have the little casita he gave us? Yes. Okay, I still have it. Too. I have that in a box. Okay, I have I, that in a box. All the places I've been to. Same, same. Yeah. Um, what do I remember from Paris? Aside from the Louvre, I hated seeing the Mona Lisa. I was upset. Yeah, that was just like oh. Yeah. That picture. Like, I that's know. Cute. I'm like, that's cute. All right, let's go see other. Because yeah. the Louvre has a way it's more. It's beautiful. It's huge. And it's then like, outside the Louvre, when we were just at, did we, a picnic. Yeah, we just sat there and just like soaked everything in. And uh-huh. it, it was nice. But I think the highlight, mm-hmm. I would have to say, London was great. Mind the gap. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> remember? Yeah. <laughs> so, Mind the gap. <laughs> Mind the gap. So there's the subway system for mm-hmm. anybody who's never been uh, to London. And before you get on the metro system or subway system, whatever, it always says "Mind the gap" because it's um um, I guess it's a warning because a lot mm-hmm. of people have slipped through that little gap, right? And have died. Because obviously the train now moves. So mm-hmm. it's like a warning. Mind the, the gap. gap. Yeah. You know, like, cuidado, no seas güey. 
But uh, throughout the whole trip, we're like, mind, mind the, the gap. gap. <laughs> yeah. And um, but my favorite part was Rome. Mm -hmm. I think that was my highlight because London was very L.A. like uh paris i loved the gothic churches mm -hmm. i remember Nos confesamos. yeah we <laughs> at notre dame yeah the, yeah before it burned everybody before it burned and all the sins that we said we'll i just, know no uh, but that was cool but paris de uh no rome was definitely my favorite because mm -hmm. i was excited to see the architecture i was excited about greek mythology and then what did we do once we got to the Colosseum? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I totally forgot what the, the, the what? phrase, the, right. Didn't you say like the phrase? The, what? Oh wait, which phrase, which phrase? The no. From the gladiator. Oh, the gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Yeah. Obviously because, well, I, I like how you went to that movie reference. I was referencing Hillary Duff. Oh, Hillary Duff. Okay. <laughs> I was like, if I'm thinking about what you're thinking, I'll be like, okay, then you're thinking of, I'm thinking about Hillary Duff because that oh, okay. was the entire trip yes. in Rome. Yeah. I was just, I know, honestly thought because quoting, in, in, yeah, Liz we were McGuire. quoting, <laughs> yeah. we were quoting uh, Lizzie McGuire because obviously if you haven't seen the Lizzie McGuire movie, she sings inside the Coliseum, right? At, yeah, inside the Coliseum. I yeah. thought that was a thing. <laughs> I was like, how did they even put a stage here? It, it's fake. Yeah, yeah. I, I realized yeah. that. <laughs> but being able, um, I remember there was a time where we had like about six hours and we just grabbed ice cream. And then um, there was somebody singing like with their guitar. With the guitar we were yeah. like in the middle of of la plaza se puede mm -hmm. decir and you get you and edith were like sing to me pietro <laughs> or pablo paulo. paulo i was like pietro <laughs> close enough close something with, size with the p but uh, definitely the architecture there um we went to florence and i think you were excited oh i love florence yeah that was also beautiful um didn't we go what store did we go to like the louis Vuittons? oh no i bought a gucci a gucci i know uh, prada it was prada, prada uh, glasses mm, prada glasses yeah. yeah. Do you still have those? I do. Mm. I still have them. <laughs> the product glasses. <laughs> oh, man. But that was definitely a fun trip, and it was um, one of the most memorable. So thank you guys for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. And that was when you got... Um you got some news about a specific job that you didn't get, right? And we, that were, is true. And we were very, you know, we were all dealing with something at that time. That, that is That's true. why we kind of connected even more. Yeah, I forgot what Edith was going through. She was probably going through something. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're, we were all going through something. Yeah, yeah. But I remember I had uh, made it to like the top mm -hmm. two in, at a Univision job, but it was for sales position. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Rome, et cetera, et cetera. And if they don't want me, whatever. Yeah. And then once I got the email, I remember you and Edith were there. And I'm like, they, they yeah. emailed me. They emailed me about the job. I don't want to open it. And you guys were like, open it, open it. And I opened it. And it said, unfortunately, we had mm -hmm. to go with another candidate. And it was just devastating. But I think because of that moment, I ended up starting my YouTube channel. Yeah. And that's literally what has started this whole process of communicating and sharing stories. Yeah. Uh, so you guys were there at the Raiz and I was and I remember I told you guys, I was like, if they don't want me, I'm going to just <laughs> figure it out on my own. Yeah. And uh, I mean, lo and behold, Echale YouTube started, mm -hmm. you know, and now it's Echale podcast with a video component, of yeah. course. And I feel like at that time. 
you know, we, we were going through our different, you know, stages in life and wanting to go into certain careers that now we are all in the careers that we wanted to be. I know it's it's mm -hmm. beautiful if you just keep on persevering like what time does like yeah. sigue adelante y sigue luchando y, y con el tiempo te vas a dar cuenta like yeah. if you look at it from a bigger picture like oh wow you were always going the right path you probably didn't know which left which way was left or right mm -hmm. but as long as you kept going you eventually got to where or we both yeah. got to where we wanted to be and even edith mm -hmm. she, you know yeah. fin finished law school <laughs> finished law school yeah. uh, so uh, happy uh, to see her also succeed yeah. and thrive I think after that trip, it definitely connected us and mm -hmm. it made us more um, unidos, but to be involved in each other's lives. Then you, I don't know how soon after you got married. This was 2016. Yeah. Then um, he proposed April of 2017. I got the job at Univision yes. June 2017. And then I got married in 2018. So it's going to be five years. So wow. Five <laughs> years. Oh, my gosh. And I remember uh, your wedding was beautiful. First of Thank all, <laughs> I was all like, no manches. Esto parece como que una, una novela. O sea, literally, it was like the center. I remember I was like at the at the church. You guys uh -huh. got married in um, the LA church. At the cathedral. Cathedral. It's a cathedral. Yeah. But I was just like, wow, you guys looked beautiful, both of you. And then when you got to the party, I think one of the things, no me casado, pero el día que me case, I'm definitely going to do seating arrangements. Oh, yeah. You had a whole... How many inv invitations did you send? Okay, so we had 500 guests to go at the... No, to be at the wedding. Sí. So... Para que algan las calculations. For anybody who's getting married, yeah. how much that probably cost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, you know, seating for 500 people. And I did that with my cousin, Erica. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I was like, what table are we... And literally, desde ese momento, every wedding that I've gone to, mm -hmm. and I'm like... Seating charts, seating charts, because then you just see people grabbing. Yeah. Uh, and I've been in situations like that where, you know, you arrive maybe a little bit later and then you have to be, you know, separated from your family or friends or friends. So it's kind of like for me, I, I've really put a lot of thought into where I'm going to be seating people who I'm going to be seating them with because I want them to feel comfortable. Uh -huh. So I set all of my friends together. Yeah, I, I know. I at first I was like, where am I sitting? I'm like, OK, I'm sitting with Edith. I know that. Yeah. And then when I started seeing the people, I was like, oh, my gosh, we see <laughs> SUSB. Yeah. Like, so it, it definitely helps. So mm -hmm. I'm going to definitely steal that, even though I'm sure it's probably been done multiple times. <laughs> did you know you wanted to become a mom right away or did you guys want to no. give some I, time? I wanted to give it some time. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because when we never lived together before getting married. Mm. So did you not know if it was going to work out? No, no, no. I knew like I feel like when I'm if you're going into marriage, it's like you really want that person. It's not like, oh, I see. No, no. It's like you're getting married for a reason, especially if you're getting married under the church. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm very traditional yeah. in that sense. Right. So um, did he ever want to live with you before? No. Mm, traditional. Very traditional. Ah. Um, they were very like, you know, try to do it, you know, the right way for them. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody does things differently. But I kind of felt there was times where I'm like, oh, we should just, you know, just 
live together. There's no, there's no, nothing bad about that. But I think I have a better appreciation mm-hmm. for it. Got you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for those people who don't know Maritza and then her husband, you guys actually have known each other almost since birth. Yeah. Which is <laughs> funny, <laughs> weird, and, weird. <laughs> and also kind of awesome. Porque yeah. your families uh, all knew each other. ¿Son del mismo yes. pueblo o no? Son, los pueblos son like right next to each other. Uh-huh. So it's called Carreras, uh-huh. Carreras Durango, and then Presidios Durango. So they're like five minutes away from each other. Uh-huh. So my parents grew up knowing Asael's parents. And Did they, as parents, nunca le preguntaste a tu mamá, like, um, like, oye, yo ya te había apartado para Asael desde chiquita. No, but his mom would, every time <laughs> I would see his mom, because I would see them at, at weddings or quinceañeras or parties from the family, and the mom would tell me, oh, la quiero para, <clears throat> para, para, like t- for um for us cuña? like no oh. I don't know, para nuera para nuera uh-huh. she I'm like what's the word <laughs> um and I was like no 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 you know just gonna make like you know why don't tell me that like I I don't think I thought I said it was cute but de ahí and that's it right because I yeah. felt like oh, I don't want to date anybody that I knew from like the pueblo and things like that just because people will know and then it's just like everybody's gonna be in like your business so uh-huh. i just kind of was like no 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 i just hiciste la de rogar, but did, did he also <laughs> want like or was he also like hesitant or nunca le has preguntado oye <gasps> he's like no 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 yo no me veo con ella because <laughs> no, somebody I had never, to make the first move he made the first move of course yeah super traditional maritza <laughs> <laughs> yeah he well not that i i think well, the thing is, because we came out in a wedding mm. and he saw a picture of me from the bachelorette and I was going crazy. I was like, woo, you know, and then he's like, ooh. Un muchacha del mundo. No, está bonita, you know, no sé qué, right? And he asked, like, hey, can I come out with her in the wedding? And oh. But we didn't come out together in, in the wedding. He wasn't like my you know, sí, so, sí, so sí, partner. Uh-huh. Yeah. So during... Tu <laughs> That's the quinceanera. Yeah. But, um... I guess he kept an eye on me and I knew him because of course we grew up kind of together. But you hardly ever had a conversation. We, no. It was just like, oh, that's Asael. Oh, la hijo de, you know. Uh-huh. And, but it wasn't until then and he came up to my cousin, asked her to dance mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, one song and then he asked my other cousin to dance. So I was thinking like, oh, he's going to go, you know, he's going to come up to me. He did and I was just like, Okay. I didn't think anything of it because yeah. ya había ya había sacado sacado los primas. <laughs> and then he took me out to dance and I told him Yo no soy así. and like, don't spin <laughs> me because oh. I'm okay. I'm, I'm Mexican, but I didn't grow up going to bailes. The only times oh. I would dance to like banda would be at the quinceañeras, the family parties, mm. but never really like, you know, what's that place iba. in Rialto? Like you never no, went? No. Cerro, it was right next to Culichi yeah. Town. Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, it was like Chano a banda place. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I never, never went. No. Never went. So, but I love banda. Yeah, I know. But you don't really dance it? No. And it was for that. So I told him like, hey, don't spin me porque no sé cómo bailar. Ese güey es charro. Por, yeah, and he de. loves to dance. I, I would always see him like, oh, he danced so nice. <laughs> and then me saca I'm like, a la madre, no sé cómo bailar tan bien como él. And, he, and I was like, hey, don't spin me. So he thought like I didn't want to dance with him. I was like, no, I wanted to dance with you. I just, 
pues no sabía cómo bailar tan bien como él. Ah, and after that, we just kind of kept in touch, but um, yeah, it took like three months to actually go on a date. Mm -hmm. Entonces, si te hiciste la de rogar, qué bueno. Qué los bueno. dos, los dos. Ah, ok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, you guys ended up married mm -hmm. and you decided to give it a, a pause on, you know, starting a family porque se querían disfrutar. Was he okay with that? Oh, Did yeah. He It was very like, well, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. So I always felt comfortable in telling him like, okay, well, I want to wait. And we did talk about that before getting married. I was like, let's try at least a year, just us two together mm. and enjoy, which was great. Like we had a great time. We went to Cancun. We went to, I know. we went back to Italy. I saw that. And que no me invitaron esta oh, vez. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we traveled after that. Mm -hmm. When you, it came time to conceive. Uh-huh. Was it difficult? Because one thing that mm -hmm. I'm noticing, y no sé qué sea, y a lo mejor you have more insight on yeah. it, and maybe because it wasn't in our radar, of course, where mm -hmm. people are trying to have kids, yeah. and that you're just like, well... You're trying not to. No, huh? <laughs> you're trying not to have kids. Well, no, no. But obviously in college, nobody's <laughs> no, trying no, to have don't want kids. To. Well, that, no. that we yeah, know. No. So we just saw everybody was having kids, like los tíos, los tías, like, ah, yeah. mira, it's having kids. But then when we get older, and then as our friends start con trying to conceive kids, then you're just, you hear these stories mm -hmm. like... It's difficult yeah. or we're going to need help from a doctor or tengo esto en la matriz. And you're okay. just like, whoa, is this is has this always been the norm or is it or is it just like a generational thing that it's happening more recently? I think it's been it's been happening. Mm. And to be fairly honest, because I want to be really honest here um, before you know, getting engaged and all that stuff. I was going through a lot of health issues for, you know, women's reproductive, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fibroids. I had a lot of um, issues with ovarian cysts. So one of the doctors told me at age, like I think it was 26, she told me maybe you should start having or thinking about having children soon. Wow. Because, you know, it seemed, you know, you're having a lot of issues. And you weren't even engaged, huh? Mm -hmm, I wasn't engaged yet. And... At that time, I was kind of okay because I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to have kids, to be honest. Um, but I guess down there, like, I was still like, I really wanted to and like mm -hmm. deep down inside, right? But I even told him, I was like, hey, uh, Asa, um, I don't know if I might be able to have kids. This is what the doctor is telling me. Wow. And I told him, like, if you want to leave, you can. And I won't judge you for leaving me. Because, you know, some people, that's like a make or break thing for them. And I didn't want to hide it from him and also didn't want to um, take that away from him if that's something that he wanted to have to kids. So I told him and he's like, well, let's try it. We should just get married. I'm like, I don't, I don't also want to get married just to have kids. Mm. Um, if I want to get married, it's because I want to marry you. Mm. Um, so it's up to you. And I know he talked to his mom about it. And um, wow. he was very open, you know, just, you know, That's he awesome. told me about his feelings about it. But he's like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, then we could adopt if that's something that you're willing to do. So we already had that conversation prior to getting married. Got it. Um, and then that's why, you know, you should never plan certain things. And I learned that the hard way because we're like, oh, we're going to try after a year being married. Mm. Well, we're like, okay, we're going to try now. And it took us like eight months 
So after the year. Mm-hmm. So after the, the year. So a year and eight months after you uh, married. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, that, that's interesting. And I love the fact that you say these are the conversations that you already had mm-hmm. with him prior to getting married because so many women and even men are scared to have this conversation with their significant other yeah. or they're even scared to be like, hey, let's go get tested to see, make sure mm-hmm. everything is OK and then also make the decisions because I think as Latinos, sometimes we get stuck in the like, I don't want to know. But what if they're what if I'm the problem? Yeah. Like, I know I have a friend who um, basically they said his sperm count was low, but the machista in him was like, no, it's not me. Mm. Like, it's not me. And it's like, well, the doctor says because they weren't able to get pregnant. Yeah. And it was like, well, she's fine. But they tested him and he was just kind of in denial mm. and it's like well but at least now you know yeah and, and, and whatnot but then he never wanted to continue getting the treatment etc cetera, etc cetera. E, bueno that is a whole different story mm-hmm. so after the year you guys started planning when did you start noticing a little bit of the difficulties um I was very like, how does one plan for a baby? For, for Well, for like, us, it's like, OK, you know, we're, we're trying to not have babies. So, you know, we, you know, try to take, um, you know, our measures to yeah. not have a baby because uh-huh. I did not want to. Not yet. And um, I, I told him because he told me whenever you're ready, you just let me know. So I told him, like, you know what? I think I'm ready. Was like the moon happen. full or something. like what made you say like Um, one day i think i'm ready to have a child i don't know you just feel it oh okay you just i i I can't explain it i'm like okay. or is it because your sister had was already pregnant we didn't know we didn't know at the time that she already was already pregnant because again Mm -hmm. uh, sharing information yeah (laughs) your sister your younger sister was is um oh my god her daughter is just five months older Mm -hmm. than your daughter yeah. So, okay, so you guys didn't know at the time that mm-hmm. she was already pregnant. Right. You guys were so trying we're to just conceive. like, okay, let's let's try it. I think I'm ready. So I thought it was just going to be easy peasy, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like, oh, you know what? My app says. Did you use an <laughs> app to like track? I use my app. Yeah, because I would always track my periods because they were not regular. Either. Uh-huh. So um, every time I would go to the doctor, I'm like, okay, you know, they asked you when it was your last period. Well, uh-huh. it was this day. Okay. But um, yeah, I started, you know making sure I was, you know, ovulating and maybe it was just like the, I already had issues with my period. So Mm. they were not regular. So it was pretty hard to even track that Mm. for like the first month of actually trying to conceive. So after the first month and I took a pregnancy test, not because I was feeling anything. It's just because I, I started to want it. Mm. And then it said negative. I'm Mm. like, that was within the first month. That was the first month. And I was like, Dang. Well, is that tiring? Mm -hmm. Um, Because obviously, if we talk about the act of making love and sex and whatnot, it's like obviously we we talk about pleasure and whatnot. But then when you're actually trying to conceive a child and make sure like to time it right for Mm -hmm. I mean, from what I've seen in rom coms, it's like, (laughs) oh, I'm ovulating. Yeah. Which. Again, I don't know really what that means, but it just in the rom-coms, it's sort of like, all right, let's go do the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's be quick about it. Yeah. And then, porque obviamente para el hombre, it's, it, it's tiring at times. And I'm sure for you guys, for it's also it's very tiring. tiring. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, get in there, do your thing and then go <laughs> if you need go. to go. Yeah. And then after a few months, it started to feel a lot. 
especially on me because I kind of mm. felt like, hey, I'm ovulating. Let's try. I was. Yeah. And it was just like and it's it's harder because it feels like you're timing it. Mm. And then you're like, OK, well, it says that I'm ovulating. But nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, you start to feel sad over it and you start, you know, when you're not happy, you start looking at things very negative. So it was very like, oh, well, other people had it so easy and they just have sex the first time and they get pregnant yeah. without wanting to. And over here, I'm wanting to. And it's been three, four, five, six months and it's not, not happening. What was Asa saying about all this? Or did he ever, was he ever, um, like, did he ever speak to you like, hey, I'm tired? Hey, este, w- was he more concerned about you? And like just cuando tú querías. Yeah, he was just like, well, when it's your, you know, it's up to you. It was always up to me when I wanted to start. Um, but then he was also like, maybe, is it me? Because mm. I'm like, well, maybe it's me because, you know, I already had the issues before. Maybe my fibroids oh, so you guys or never whatever. tested no. like him? No, well, I, we did um, the count, like his sperm count, uh-huh. but it was fine. So I was like, maybe it's me uh-huh. or me. I don't know what's going on. So, um, I talked to my doctor and also my OBGYN about the difficult time that I was having to, you know, to get pregnant. And it also depends on your age. Mm. So she told me if you know, you're getting closer to 30, we could you could see um, a specialist after six months of trying or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, I've been trying for, I think it was like six, almost seven months. And she she sent set me an appointment up with the, the specialist. And it was going to be like $1,500 just for the consultation. No, because it insurance? No, insurance wouldn't cover it. Oh, my gosh. So that put like... I got really sad over that. And I was just like, like, that's just not even going to tell us anything. It's just like some blood work and just talking to the doctor. And I got really upset. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should save a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll try it after like the year of trying. Cause you never know. It could happen. Did you ever consider, or was it ever presented to you? Hey, you're getting closer to 30. Mm -hmm. Freeze your eggs. No, no, Mm -mm. that wasn't even in the picture for you. no, I never no. really thought about that. And like now I hear it more. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at the time it wasn't like a... Was there also a lot of pressure from family? Oye, para cuando los niños? My mom never okay. asked me like, hey, when you're having grandkids, I want grandkids. No, never. Not even his parents either. They were very yeah, great about that. Or like that. Maybe like that bothered uh-huh. you because I'm I'm sure so many women and, and I, I've been in rooms where I know the couple has mm-hmm. been trying so long and somebody makes the comment, when are y'all having kids yeah, or when yeah. do you plan to have kids? And I feel like now as we get older, that's one of those questions that like you, every mm-hmm. couple is going through their own journey right. of trying to conceive. So maybe it's not a question you should be asking mm-hmm. publicly. I did get the the question a few times and especially since they're like, oh, you know, you know, it's Asael and Maritza who are getting who got married. They've known each other for so long. They were just like waiting for like the babies to just come. And I was like, no. And I would always, I was very upfront to people. I'm like, we're waiting. We're yeah. waiting. Like, um, I don't know what to what to tell you. But I know people come from a good place from it. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're trying to be like rude about it. Um, so I 
sometimes just kind of took it like, well, we're, we're waiting and that's it. But I guess it just depends the way that you ask it. Mm. Um, Cause I remember somebody asked me like, well, when are you going to start a family? When are you going to become a family? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think me and Osweiler really are a family. And like, no, when you have kids, that's when you become a family. And that really took me like, like I guess it rubbed me the wrong way. And that's when I was like, okay, like, no, I'm not going to let that get to me. But the way that they said it, it was just like, yeah, you know, not, not cool, but it was, Maybe it's easier for other people, for certain people to get pregnant. I don't know what the reason is, but yeah, um, yeah. Eight, but, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Eight months of trying, mm-hmm. you finally took a pregnancy test. What was that feeling like? Uh, oof. it was scary. Even though, like, you want that, that's uh-huh. what you've been trying for the last, you know, I don't know how many months, right? For it depends on everybody, and I took the test three weeks so i was like supposedly three weeks pregnant so it was like before even like i was supposed to have my period mm-hmm. because i was already so far into you know eight months in and that's not even a lot for some people some people try for like three years and more wow. and um so eight months is not that long for for that but um i remember coming back from vegas we were in vegas um we did a party over there and I started noticing that I um, I got heartburn and I never would get heartburn. I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. You know, you just start thinking, you start hoping and wishing. Yeah. And I remember but do coming you become home. numb to the process or like, oh, maybe. But all right, I'm just going to take the test. And yeah, because I was just I would take the test. I, I that does take a toll on you because it's like you're setting yourself for failure. That's how I kind of felt like, why am I taking the test? But what if? Yeah. You know? So I remember that. I'm like, you know what? If if it doesn't happen, then I guess we're just going to ca- keep trying. Yeah. And I remember coming back from Vegas. And I didn't want to tell Asayel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the bathroom. And I have, um, since we were trying for those eight months, I bought a pack on Amazon of ovulation test and pregnancy test. Uh-huh. So I already have some at home. So I was like, let me go. And then I remember seeing a very very vague line and i'm just like it was like a spark of hope yes because i'm like i've always had like you know no line like super you know negative Uh right and then all of a sudden i see a super faint line i'm like i've never seen that before yeah and i got super excited very excited and i was like okay i don't want to you know tell asa tell anybody and I went to the doctors and that's when they confirmed that I was pregnant. And did you tell Asa that day or was it like a big reveal? It wasn't a big reveal because I was so excited. I just wanted to tell him. Uh-huh. And um, I guess I'm not good at surprises or like try to be like super cute and, <laughs> and stuff like that. That um, So I went to the doctor and they told me, yeah, you are pregnant. So I went to, um, oh my gosh, what's that? What? Uh, that store in, at, in Rancho Cucamonga. Right next to Victoria Gardens. Ontario? No. No. Uh, it's the, know. oh my God, it's my husband's favorite store and I just can't think of. Um, AMC. No. Peters. <laughs> now I wish he was here in the room so he could tell me what it is. But um, so I went to the store and it's like for camping and, and like. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. I know which one. The fish store. Yeah, the fish store. Yeah, yeah I can't I think of the name. Yeah. But he goes there often. But yeah. Um, 
And I remember I went to go get um, a little shirt, uh-huh. you know, that's, you know, that so I could show him that we we're going to have, have a, baby. a baby. And it took him a while to get it. Oh, really? He's not like, it. what is this? Because I put it in the, in our room and I thought he was just going to see it right away because we had a white bed cover and it was a black shirt. So I thought he would be like, What's that black shirt doing in there? Yeah, like, hey, déjalo recoger. <gasps> yeah, he went in. No lo grabaste? Yes, but he oh, went into okay. the room like five different times, and I was just like, este no, 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 what the heck? So I had to like go up to him and be like, hey, like we're we're pregnant. Yeah. Oh my god, how was that <laughs> moment? It was nice. You it guys was cry. Uh, n- no, it was funny because wow. what he he gave me like a high five. Oh sorry, he gave me a high <laughs> <Yeah>. five. <laughs> It was yeah. so hilarious. And, and you're like, that, that's and it. I'm just like, no, I'd no. be a crier. I'd honestly be a crier. Because he thought, because we were at my parents' house. We were living at, my, at my parents' house at the time. And um, he didn't want to like like make a big commotion because he didn't know if my parents oh, knew or not. got you. So he's like, yeah, yeah. High five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, could, I, I would be hysterically screaming. But he was like really excited. You could tell like in his eyes, he was just like, like really? Like for real? Like. Yeah. For real this time? Like, yeah, this time. What was the hardest part about the first trimester? So the first three months. Everything. Because I will never experience what it's like to be pregnant. Exactly. I will. Obviously, when I have kids, I can only and every every woman is different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sure there are some things that they don't prepare you for when you're pregnant. And there are some things they don't prepare you for motherhood. Yeah. So what didn't they prepare you for? What did what was like? For your first trimester, because those are the hardest three months, right? Yes. So it's like first you're excited, like, oh, right, I'm pregnant. And then it's like you think about it. Oh, now I have to make sure I'm able to keep the pregnancy because, you know, there's people, there's women that do miscarry. Mm. And, you know, that is something that women go through. I didn't go through that, but I did have a few scares. Mm. Um, my first trimester was hard. And I got really bad morning sickness, um, especially at like 6 p.m., 7 p.m. At night, it was really bad. At work, I couldn't pass by the like our lunch place uh-huh. where people would like um, heat up their food. Oh, my gosh. That was like the worst thing because really? it's like really bad. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I lost a lot of weight in the first Why? trimester because of, you know, throwing up. Not wanting to eat much, I was eating a lot of fruits and soups, and that would just go. When so did it like start getting better? Um, like month like, or week, like what? nine, nine, ten weeks, almost like three months. Mm-hmm. Okay, almost two months. Yeah, but like it was good the first six weeks. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be easy, and then like seventh week is just like boom. You're like, how? Oh, what do these yeah. women come? Like my sister's about? like, oh no, you know, I'm I'm throwing up. I'm like, well, I feel fine. Yeah, six weeks in, and it's like hilarious like the next day i'm like no no i couldn't i couldn't sometimes i couldn't even make it to the bathroom was there food that you craved during your pregnancy that you hated no no or was it something that you craved that you ever told asa like asa in the middle of the night i need this um not that bad i didn't get like really really bad cravings but i would get emotional if i wouldn't get a specific thing for example i love dairy queen and Mm. there was one right by my parents house and I would get, this is my go-to, even before pregnancy, like that was uh-huh. my go-to. I would chocolate ice cream cone dipped in chocolate with mm. fries. With Pérate fries. Con fries. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Dang. Yeah. So there was a, a night I'm like, hey, let's go get some ice cream. And they didn't have chocolate ice cream. Uh huh. I was so sad. I cried. I'm like, is there another Dairy Queen around here? Because <laughs> in I front really, of them? No, not in front of them, uh, but like in front of yeah, my husband. And I was car. just in the car and I'm like, Did I don't want anything like anymore. Like, it's just ice cream. Yeah. But I was just like, let me try. He said, well, call another Dairy Queen. I've seen it in chocolate ice cream and they didn't have it. So I was like, well, I don't want to. And then that was like the, the craziest, like, I guess, um, craving or like thing that i did after um obviously you said the 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 trimester mm -hmm. things started to get easier when did things start to get bad like uh from good to like hey i'm scared yeah and then obviously valentina premature baby you were in the hospital for weeks i remember yeah. and we we were just worried for you um, because you would, I think your your way of coping with the situation was posting on social media, mm -hmm. like your process, because I'm sure it gets lonely. And even though via social media, you felt some type of connection with the outside world. Yeah. When did things start getting a little bad? So like in my first trimester, I was bleeding. Um, mm. And that's what I would get scared. I'm like, I'm, I'm probably miscarrying. Uh-huh. So I felt like I didn't get to enjoy my pregnancy too much. I want to say I probably really enjoyed it for like two months. Wow. To be completely honest. Um, we went to concerts and then, of course, the pandemic happened. Es cierto. Mm -hmm. That made things worse. So that made things worse on me because it was like the fear of the unknown of what's going on. Like, am I, are we going to die? And yeah. why am I I'm bringing a child into this craziness and I don't even know what's going on? And um, it was at 27 weeks. That's when everything started to feel like it's going downhill. That's a little bit more than half wave mark, right? Mm -hmm. Son 40 semanas. Okay, yeah. cool. So it was 27 weeks. And um, I remember going to the hospital and I was doing, I took my, the, the test to see if you have, gestational diabetes you know you, you take that nasty drink mm. and you have to wait a while and then you do the blood work to see if you do have it or not and then i had um a, an appointment with my doctor and my husband wasn't able to be at these appointments mm. and so that was hard in itself and i remember going to this specific appointment and she's like oh um your blood pressure is pretty high. And I was like, well, yeah, I just walked, you know, and I'm <laughs> pregnant and <laughs> I decided to take the stairs, you know, so it's like, okay, Healthy well, me. yeah, we'll, we'll just wait a while. And at that time, I didn't have um, many appointments for ultrasounds because of the pandemic. Mm. I had, I did have two appointments canceled. This, this was like the first time, you know, after like two months of not seeing somebody. And... I take, you know, the, they do, uh, I have to, you know, pee in a cup and mm -hmm. you know, that's at every appointment just to make sure your protein levels are okay. Mm, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I left my appointment and I used to live really close to the hospital where I gave birth. And when I got home, I had like five missed calls of Asael and two from Kaiser. Whoa. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on? And my husband's like, where are you? I'm like, I just got home. It's like, well, the doctor called me. 
Wow. And said like you have to go back. And I was like, oh wait, wait, they're they're calling me and they're telling me, hey, we got your test back and you have high protein levels in your urine. Okay. And um, you have to go to um, labor and delivery. Wait, how many weeks were you? Twenty-seven weeks. Twenty-seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why? What's going on? Is that like, five months? Six? Oh, yeah, ni sé. No, I don't no know. Sé, no, no sé. me acuerdo. No te preocupes, yeah. yo tampoco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, I got nervous, and she's like, "Well, you have to come by yourself because pandemic. No, they haven't mm. a nadie entrar." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go because um, it's just going to be in and out, in and out, right?" So I was like, ¿Quieres que vaya contigo? I'm like, no, it's not even mine. Just stay here. I'll go by myself. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. I get there. They're like, oh, you know, you're here because you have preeclampsia because you're high blood pressure and you have high protein in your urine. I'm like, oh How does gosh. one even get high protein? ¿No más pasa o estás consumiendo cosas que no debes? I, probably it's a little bit of both, but I oh. felt like I was trying my best. You know, I wasn't eating out that much at that time because the pandemic. Mm. So I was eating a lot of um, home cooked home cook meals, but... I don't, I really don't know, um, to be honest. And I would like to see that for, you know, maybe future pregnancies. But um, I got really scared because the first thing you think of preeclampsia, it's like, oh, I could die or the baby could die. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very shoot. dangerous for I both. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So we're just going to check on you for a little bit. So don't worry. We're, it's going to take at least two hours so we can monitor you and make sure that you're okay. Well, at the time when they put the monitor, my baby's heart rate was slowing down. <gasps> yeah. And and you were going by this, like through this all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, what's going on? And nobody would really like tell me what was going on. And until one of the nurses came in and she's like, like, honey, this is what's going to happen. We, you might give birth today. At 27 weeks. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's going on? I was like, when was the last time you had an ultrasound? I'm like, it's been two months. It's like, okay, we're going to do an ultrasound right now. And then they noticed that the baby was not growing, that she was not at the 27 week mark, that she wow. was less. And I was just like. First, the preeclampsia, and then now she's not growing, and her heart rate is slowing down. So I could give birth for this baby, and I the first thing that came to mind, like, what if my baby doesn't live after this? Because 27 weeks, you're, you just, um, that's, it's not a, a good chance, right? So I'm like, oh, my gosh, and I'm here by myself. So they're like, oh, you're going to have to stay here for 20 uh, for 24 hours just to monitor you to see if you um, have to give birth today. Mm -hmm. And that was very difficult. 24 hours by myself. Mm. Yeah. And then dang. And then after that, did you give birth? No, I didn't give birth at 27 weeks. Okay. Likely. Um. But they did tell me that after that, when I was at the hospital, they they checked my, um, the the blood work when I took for you know for gestational diabetes, and I had that as wow. well. And then they also told me that my baby had um, intestinal issues. Wow. And so there was just so many things that were just like throwing at me, and I was there by myself. Mm. And I had you know called my mom and I called my husband and I have to tell them you know what's going on and I might have to give birth today 
they gave me steroid shots just to make sure that like her her lungs were were capable of um yeah of birth at um, what how many weeks did you give birth i gave birth at 34 weeks so six six weeks six weeks after that whole issue which is a better chance yeah but even some people say like it's it's um, worse worse chance when you're like eight months oh really yeah that's what some people said uh-huh. but um i try not to hear yeah. you know that or or i was i felt like google was my best friend mm-hmm. but my worst enemy at the same time because i would just like start googling like oh what does this mean and my baby's not growing you just start listening to all these you know different scenarios when you gave birth mm-hmm. obviously it was lonely during the pandemic how mm-hmm. long um how long were you, did you have to stay in the hospital? It was like a total of a, a month. A month mm-hmm. in the hospital mm-hmm. and nobody can visit you, only one person at a time? Um, it was just one person. So, um, like, yeah, <laughs> if my husband was there, he wasn't able to come out of the hospital. And oh. if he would come out of the hospital, he would have to wait 24 hours in order for him to come back. It was, you know, a weird policy. So that, but, no, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was lonely for it you. It was lonely. Talk mm-hmm. to us about the uh, postpartum depression, because I know that really hurt, hit uh, you hard mm-hmm. because obviously you put in postpartum, you put in a whole pandemic, you just gave birth. Um, how often did you see your baby? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that also changed with with the pandemic. Yeah. So I gave birth. um and it was very different, right? Because they they told me, okay, when you have your baby, your husband might not even be there, but luckily he was. Mm. They changed the policy the day before I, I gave birth. Wow. And he was able to be at the, at the C-section. And I was able to see her. I wasn't able to hold her <sighs> because they took her directly to the NICU um, just to make sure that everything was okay. So she was born three pounds. Wow, chiquita. Like 11 ounces, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was just like hoping that she was okay. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, oh, I was able to see her. So that was like, like a relief. But then it's like, oh, they had to take her away. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being happy and being sad all at the same time. And just like being so like, wow, this miracle happened in front of me. Like an hour ago, I had no baby. And then now it's just like a beautiful little girl that came out and, you know, you just start realizing how great, you know, life is and how great God is and you know, this little miracle that happened. And I remember going back to the room and I felt like that's um, maybe I had depression, like probably during pregnancy, just because of what everything was going on. But I remember going back into the room after being there and um, the nurse comes in and she's like, oh, here, here's your pump. So you can oh. start pumping. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't even oh, know my how. gosh, I just I'm hungry. I haven't eaten since yesterday. Like I want food. I don't want to pump. And it, I know this sounds kind of funny, but um, I just I just felt like I wasn't ready for that. And then I just kind of felt like, hey, let me give a breather. Mm-hmm. I just gave birth. And then number two, like I don't even know what to do. Yeah, I'm giving birth at 36 weeks. My body's not ready. I had a C-section and I felt at that moment, I felt so lost. Yeah. 
And I felt. And your mom wasn't even mom there wasn't to even guide there. you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, a lot of women have their mo- Latina women mm-hmm. have their mothers or suegras there to kind of help them guide through like, oh, yeah, this is how you pump or this is how you hold the baby, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You had nurses, which mm-hmm. are very unfamiliar faces. Yeah, this is, did they become kind of like family after a month? Um, some of them, there's a lot that were going back and forth. And there is a few that um, I had for, a, you know, several, several, several days. But um, the one that I had, I was working with at the time, it wasn't very like, like, hey, this is how you do it. It was mm. just like here. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. You like, too. I didn't take any classes because of the pandemic. I didn't do anything. You know, I was I was lost. Mm. So then um, my my husband helped me because he was the one Googling like how to, you know, do expressions and and pumping. And oh, wow. but I felt so tired. I'm like, I don't want to pump. Oh my gosh, I'm just like so sad. I wanted to make sure that my my baby's okay. And that's when I started to feel like oh, I don't feel right. I don't feel good. I don't feel right, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I was there in the hospital for 3 days after my C-section and Valentina stayed there for another week in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And I remember going and wanting to be strong. When I didn't need to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, because after three days of the C-section, I walked from uh, the parking structure of um, the hospital to the NICU without any assistance. And when I got there, I was about to pass out. Why? I don't know why I want. I did. I, I guess I wanted to prove something to somebody. I don't know. You're like, I should have just took the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. I should have. And and. When I was at the NICU, since I wasn't going that often because of my C-section and mm-hmm. making sure I was okay, a specific nurse kind of made a comment of like, you know, you're not coming that often to see your baby and she's not, mm. you know, and then you're not bringing enough breast milk. And, you know, you just start hearing all these like things that you're not doing right and you just feel like even a worse mom because you're already feeling like, like crap mm-hmm. or for me i was feeling like crap then you're hearing other people acknowledging that you're not doing it mm. and that's when i lost it and i was like i'm a horrible mom i can't even provide food to my daughter mm. she needs it she's only three pounds like and the fact that i couldn't um provide enough milk really made me feel like less of a woman mm. Um, less of a mom like maybe yeah maybe you know three years ago like maybe I shouldn't have been a mom Mm. and that's when it started to to come around um for me to start feeling um like okay I I need I might need help you come home Mm -hmm. you still are going through depression Mm -hmm. did you ever feel did you ever contemplate suicide no okay no I never contemplated suicide um, it was just more of like, why am I in this situation? Like I should have, I should have waited. Maybe it's the wrong time. Why am I feeling this way? It, it's because it's a lot. Like first, like your life is one way, and then all of a sudden you have this child that you have to take care of, and then, you know, now I see her that she's only three pounds, and I just felt like she was just so weak, and I wanted to provide for her, and um, feeling like I couldn't. Yeah. And also feeling like 
I was one of the first ones of like certain like friend groups that I was the first one to have a baby. So nobody else could help. Mm-hmm. So not everybody would like understand what I was going through. And that was difficult too. Um, but I think it was just more of like me not being able to um, provide. provide. Mm. And then, you know, people are like, oh, breast is best and formulas, you know, you shouldn't. So all that just started to really like weigh you down, weigh me down and feel I, I remember opening up to my dad. I'm like, dad, I need help. Like, I, I don't want to be a mom. Wow. You. Mm-hmm. So you had Valentina and you said that after mm-hmm. I don't want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. How how did that make you feel at the horrible. moment? It made me feel horrible. I even think about it now and it just makes me want to cry. But um. Because I, w- I would think about it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be a mom. Why am I doing this? Like, this is crazy. Like, and it was so tiring when you're a mom, like, or when you're a parent, because I probably asked it to go through this too. But, you know, it's long nights. You're pumping every two hours. And when do you have time to sleep? Like, you don't have time to sleep. People are like, sleep when the baby sleeps. Well, I'm pumping when the baby sleeps. I'm eating when the baby sleeps. And when the baby wakes up, then it's the baby, right? So it's like mm-hmm. this cycle. And I remember when it would come to like 8 p.m., I would just be like, oh, my God, this is going to be the longest night. Mm. I don't want this tonight to come. When did it start slowing down? Um, like what? Like like the whole pumping, crying. Um, For me, after a month, I said I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't pump anymore. And um, it was a decision that I made. Mm-hmm. Me and my husband were not at the same l- I mm-hmm. for that you wanted like formula I mean pump 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 yeah. and breast milk breast milk yeah which which of course I understand because he wants the best right you know people tell you like breast is best and mm-hmm. this is what you should give and especially because my baby was only three pounds and of course like you want the best for your, ch- your child, your child. Um, but for me it was like I can't physically and mentally I am drained I cried every day like I it, there was never a day that I would not cry and I'm like, I'm going crazy. Like, I need to do this for myself because I'm not being the best mom for my daughter. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that came to mind, like, okay, I'm already giving her formula mm-hmm. half and half because when she was at the NICU, she would take formula because I couldn't produce the milk. And um, I'm like, what, what, what's so bad about that? I'm like, well, I'm formula feta. You know, I came out okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. It really took a toll on me. And I was like, hey, it's a, I'm sorry. It's going to be about me right now. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting that you 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 took that decision after a month. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be, I need to take care of me. Not a lot of women focus, like, on them. Mm-hmm. They always think of, you know, they, they have that mom guilt. Where, like, yeah. I should be choosing the child first over myself, over my own well-being. But at the end of the day, like, that, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it... it it takes a toll on the child as well. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then like how long can you actually last yeah. with your sanity? Yeah. Cause I felt like at that time I was at a breaking point mm. from me what internally. Have, what was the breaking point? What would have been next after that breaking point for you? I don't, I don't know. To be, I don't know. You never, I never thought, thought of that. No, but that's one thing I never thought about that. But it was just more of like I don't want to wake up and mm. like deal with this. Got you. 
Um, or I wish my mom could just like take her and just like, I don't want to deal with it. Did you and Nasa get into a lot of fights because of it? Mm, I don't want to say fights, but it was just like, um, like discussions and arguments over like, you know, he really wanted that. And of course, like I wanted it too. Who doesn't want the best for their child? But I feel like this other option is also good. Mm. Well, I think it's good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, And also you're speaking about responsibility. Like we grow up just being independent people and, um, and providing for ourselves, not having to take care of somebody else. And then mm-hmm. when you get married, you're obviously looking out for the other person, yeah. but the other person's a whole ass adult that they can take care of themselves, yeah. right? So I'm assuming when you bring a whole child to the world, it's sort of like, well, no, they need, they need all us. the mm-hmm. guidance and they need everything from us. And that it's like you're giving your independence away to somebody yeah, else. Definitely. Um, and I'm only relating it a little bit because mm-hmm. I have a dog, even though yeah. it's not the same thing. <laughs> but I think that's why I got a dog to kind of see what that responsibility like. Now I have to take care of somebody, even with the pu- with a puppy. I mm-hmm. mean, I only had to deal with it for two months. Then he kind of is like yeah. independent on its own and check on him ever so often, train him a little bit. But it's quicker. Yeah. The, the oh. process is way <laughs> quicker than you're still having to educate now that she's about to turn three. Yeah. So, wow. What? Did you get therapy? Yes. Mm. And I was already going to to therapy during the pandemic because of my anxiety was really high. Mm. <laughs> and I think that's when like also my depression started to go um, into that as well. But I took I canceled my appointment because I was I gave birth that day when yeah. I was supposed to have my appointment. And then I just never called, went back, went back and called and um I was like, you. I need this therapy. I know therapy helps, and it, help, it has helped me a lot. So I went back, and I said, I am feeling this way. I'm sad. I'm crying every day. I don't want to be a mom. I, I was wishing that I didn't make this decision. decision. And, um, yeah, I went back to therapy. How long after therapy were, did things start getting better? It took a while, mm. to be honest, um, because it's a lot of, of course, it's internal you're going through things and um i feel like i just started to feel better mm. uh, right now mm-hmm. now wow three years later mm-hmm. wow yeah because if there's different stages like you're going through the newborn stage and that's really hard but every stage is hard there's then always something that you know she starts walking she starts walking she's eating solids and you know there's um yeah different things but i feel like now i'm starting to feel better mm. Um, wow very interesting that you know it's definitely a process i'm glad therapy has helped you out uh through that Mm -hmm. there's something that i wanted to ask you after three years of Mm -hmm. this are you ready to have another child it's hard but i think i am Mm. um but i think it's more of like it's a hard decision to make because I know this time around I'm going to be a high risk pregnancy mm. because of the all the risks that I had um, in my first round, <laughs> my first time of having a baby. And then I did have um, a procedure done a year after giving birth where they took out 10 fibroids, the biggest one being 10 centimeters big. And um, so because of that, I have to give birth at around like 37 weeks. So that's what wow. my surgeon told me, right? Mm-hmm. And because I already had 
preeclampsia, my first pregnancy, I already had gestational diabetes, so I'm going to be a high-risk pregnancy. So thinking about, I'm already going to be going into that right away and all the things that I went through the first time around, it's a difficult decision to make. Yeah, but it's one that you're ready to kind of take on kind and of. start planning, I guess. Yeah. Was there any outside noise from society, from your parents, or like, why is she taking it so hard? Was there mm-hmm. any mom guilt, like, from your like, everybody's judging me, I'm a horrible mother? Yeah, because I would see, like, my, my mom, she has helped me so much, and I I never saw anybody help, get, uh, help her out. Mm. So I felt like, if my mom could do it, why can't I do it? Like, she did it so well, and she, like was there for us she put herself for last like mm-hmm. it was us that you know we were first for her and when i started noticing that i wasn't becoming my mom mm-hmm. i became um i got really sad and i think that's what also kind of triggered um me feeling the mom guilt yeah. because i wasn't my mom yeah so this podcast is obviously named echale podcast mm-hmm. um and more than like oh echale ganas a ser mamá echale ganas a la vida este, what do you want to put out into the world as a mother for Valentina? As in, like, which way? Like, like, hmm, or just in general, what would mm-hmm. you like? What would your paw print be in this world? I know we know it's Valentina, mm-hmm. but what would you like her to grow up with? Que enseñanzas, que valores, que mensajes. Más bien, ¿qué mensaje? What message do you have for Valentina? So when she listens to this podcast <laughs> 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Oh, that's hard. It is. That's really hard. But I think it's just like listen to yourself and forget what other people are saying um, because you're the only one who's able to make those decisions for yourself. Um, your body, yeah, what you want to do in life, who cares of what other people think? Um, and I'm not going to make myself myself feel small for others to feel comfortable. Like I need to feel comfortable myself. So if I feel that for me, I'd rather, you know, give formula or I'd rather have my self care or whatever it may be, but you know, put yourself first and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You heard that. that Valentina? <laughs> you're hearing this, maybe you're 15, 20, 25, 30, I don't know. Your mom said, put yourself first. Yeah. Uh, Maritza, thank you so much for your time you. uh, here. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. I know you're doing a lot of stuff with like Disney, so definitely a lot of mommy stuff. Um, so if any mo- newborn mom or if you have questions about motherhood, definitely reach out to Maritza. Please let people know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at my blog, which is mitzydays.com mm-hmm. and then um instagram at mitzydays yeah, all right yeah. at mitzydays <laughs> thank you so much maritza this is a chili podcast whoa, whoa 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 the video isn't done yet you still haven't subscribed make sure to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe and don't forget to follow us on social media at a podcast